I think the best thing we could be doing right now as single brothers is busting our rear ends now. So yeah. when we do get the family, yeah. we have that time. Yeah. When we do have that daughter, when we do have that son, we have the time, the freedom, and the options. Wealth. We have success to where now we can go to the schools. It's not mom dropping off the kids it's not mom going to sit down with the teacher it's not mom going to pick up the kids when the kids get in trouble we fathers men we can do that because when we were single we we were getting the bag we were building the business we were you know growing our career we was getting our education so that when we do get married we can have what i i truly believe for me when i think of success is being the best daggone father and husband and an advocate for the community Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Hafiz, and welcome to another episode. Glad everybody is here. Man, oh man, I'm really, really, really excited, enthusiastic, energetic. All these great words about this new guest, because as you guys know, one of the biggest things that we're really striving to do here in The Roommates is we're here to take it to another level, man. We're here to help you guys really maximize and optimize your lives. And if you remember from last week's episode, we're definitely here to help you become financially um, stable, financially successful, and financially flourishing. And if we were going to be talking about anything when it comes to finances on this platform, we have to bring in one of the best, one of the most intelligent, articulate financial advisors, individuals who are really doing great things into that space. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, the one and only Anthony O'Neill. My God, man, listen, man, <laughs> I, I, I'm on the roommate's podcast, <laughs> but I feel good right now, man. Yes, I've been sir. a huge follower of y'all's, man, and I, I love what you're doing, bro. Man, thank you so much, Anthony, man. Yes, I, I, I asked my audience a couple of um, weeks ago, I was just doing a poll and I was like, man, who would you guys love to have on the show? I did it on my Patreon community. And I and I got so many Anthony O'Neill. I like you guys don't know. It's, I've been working on it already. I've been working on it already. So I know they're I know they're excited about having you, man. Man, I'm excited, man. Thank y'all so much for the love. No problem. So Anthony, for those who don't know who you are, can you give us a bit of an elevator pitch synopsis about who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff? Man, elevator pitch, man. The name is Anthony O'Neill, passionate about helping young people, all people, specifically. Um, not really, I wouldn't say specifically, man, but I have a heart and passion for millennials and minorities, really helping them get out of debt, build wealth, and really as establish a true authentic self so mm -hmm. we can go out there and win in life and we do that by just getting a strong network building our net worth uh mining our business and building a good strong solid spiritual base man i love it i love it i love it so what made you want to get into that space my life bro okay you know what i'm saying i grew up in a very strong church of god of christ oh home. man straight up Kojic. old school Kojic, bro <laughs> you know you know how it is it's what like, city uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you cold know, world, cold world. I mean, you, you play ball in Charlotte. Yeah, right? I played at Wingate. My, a lot of my friends went to Fayetteville. What, exactly. What, what, what year did you graduate? Two thousand two. 
I'm an old man. No, my a lot of my friends they graduated from 2002. Yeah. You played football, right? Yeah. So, so I, Southview was a number one. You okay. know, we went to state 2000, 2001, 2002. So for all y'all old 2002 graduates who want to talk noise in 2002, <laughs> we, we hold the rain for that. <laughs> but you know, I grew up in man, like I said, in a very strong Church of God in Christ home. Like Hafiz, I couldn't even go to prom, man. Mm. I couldn't do uh, school dances, football games, basketball games. Couldn't go to the mall. I'm gonna keep it real. I've never said this anywhere else i was a virgin when i graduated high school because my father kept me so ingrained into the church oh wow right so it was like there was there was no dates i, I don't i didn't even know what it felt like kissing a woman hugging a woman because i was scared to even look at a woman like that mm. so i say all that to say it's like growing up i knew everything about you know church i knew everything about going to school getting my education but i didn't know nothing about life mm. so when i graduated high school man i went off to school in california what school did you go to? I went to Palomar College. Okay, cool. And, uh, bro, when I tell you, nah, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I, was, I, I wasn't ready because no one taught me about life. Did you go to school in California to get away from your family? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But my biological mom and other father and my siblings live in the San Diego County area. Okay, that makes sense. So it's like well, I got away from the, the, the strict spiritual side of my yeah, family, yeah. my biological dad and my other mother. I hate the term step because I mean, I have, I have great four parents. Mm. Uh, but I really wanted to get away and just become a grown man. That's awesome. And when I... Uh, did that, man. I went out there, seen all these ladies, uh, went around culture, went around friends. I s saw all the Kappas on, on campus. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I just want to be like them. Oh, I want her. Oh, I got to look like this. But I was greeted with, you're broke and mm -hmm. you look like you broke. <laughs> and so it was like, man, like, like what? And so I was insecure with myself. Mm. And so my insecurity, my low self-esteem, and not really being comfortable with who I authentically was, yeah. I went out there and racked up all this debt to a please, not a please, but to please her, uh, to please them. Got a real dope um, apartment, financed all the furniture for rooms and <laughs> rooms to go or something like that. Uh, no, it was Aaron Sales and Lease. That's what it was. And um, man, I just racked up so much debt, about $35,000 in debt wow. uh, to please people. Uh, well, unfortunately, um, I got kicked out of school for doing something crazy. And man, I'm telling you, man, uh, it was a rough season of my life mm. because everyone who I tried to please, all my fraternity brothers, all. Oh, you were a Kappa? No, 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 no. Okay. no. I went online, but I got in trouble. Oh, okay. okay, okay, okay I just, okay, just want to be real. Yeah, I just want to be real with y'all. Yeah, yeah. um, you know, so it was like, man, I, I, I did some things there, um, pleasing the ladies. And man, I got kicked out of school. Okay. For, for doing something just real stupid, man, yeah. real crazy. And when I got kicked out, not one person came to, to help me out. Mm. No place to eat, no place to shower. My mom and dad, me and my father got into it. My other father, he was like, hey, since you think you're a grown man, go be a grown man. Mm. And so I called all the ladies that I was, I was uh, buying things for, um, but nobody, bro. Mm. Nobody came to, to help me out. No one came to offer me a place to lay my head or even take a shower. So I'm taking a shower at the Boys and Girls Club in the YMCA. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm contemplating suicide. Mm. Um, I'm blaming everyone else but myself. Uh, but I quickly realized, man, to make a long story short, because I definitely want to have a good time in this conversation. Um, I quickly realized that I had to really change my mindset on life. Mm. And while I was trying to be like everyone else, I had to really understand everything that I needed to be was already on the inside of me. Mm. And so I just had to accept it and just say, you know what, I'm, I'm either going to be liked and accepted by people or I'm not. Uh, but I no longer want to 
play this fake role, play, play this guy that I'm not to please everyone else. And I'm the one walking around here miserable, uh, bored, um, in debt, and struggling. So leaving college, what happens next? Man, leaving college, man, I, I, I made up with my father in California, went back home, man, got three jobs. Okay. Uh, my first job was a bill collector. I won't say the name of the company, because mm-hmm. I think everyone gets a call from this company. <laughs> <laughs> so while I'm collecting everyone else's bills, yeah. I'm sweating because I owe the same bills as y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, you owe like $500 on this credit card? Yeah. So do I. <laughs> but you need to pay. Like, I'm harassing people. I'm yeah. calling next door neighbors. I'm I'm getting this money because I need to pay my bills off yeah. because, you know, I was ready to get out of debt. Then when I get off of work there, I would go wash cars. Mm-hmm. Then I would get up in the morning and go deliver newspapers with my father. Okay. You know, so I had three jobs just trying to hustle and get out of debt. And I'm going to be real with y'all. I haven't made all the right decisions with my money, even to this day. And mm-hmm. I'm a finance guy. Like, I love yeah. money. Uh, but I, I haven't gone back in in debt. I'm not struggling financially. Uh, but, I mean, definitely after getting out of homelessness, I changed my perspective on money. Okay. I said, hey, you know what? I want to start building wealth. I want to eliminate debt. So my stance is currently is I do not do debt unless it's a mortgage. Mm. So I don't have a credit card. I don't finance cars. I don't leverage other people's money. I just be a good steward with my money and I pay cash for everything that I have. Okay. So working three jobs, were you staying at home at this time? Staying at home at this time? Staying with my parents. Staying with your parents. Then eventually, then what happens after that? So then, man, I got a um, job out in uh, Florida. Before that, how, um, how old were you when you got this job in Florida? Man, I was, I think I was like, what? I was 19. Okay. And then when I went to Florida, uh, transitioned on the floor about 2021 20, because I remember celebrating my birthday at 21. Okay. And um, the company that I was working for, the collection agency company, they moved me to Florida because I was just doing so good. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they, they love the fact how I can collect people and scare people and get their money. <laughs> and so uh, they moved me to Florida, uh, transitioned out there, and then left Florida, left that position uh, because I got into some, some foolishness with uh, a young lady. Um, never date. This is not <laughs> But never date a woman you work with. I mm. learned that the hard way. I learned it the hard way, my brother. Eddie's laughing. You must have went through that, too. <laughs> <laughs> you went through that, too? Oh, man. Yeah, man. I I learned the hard way, bro. Yeah. I mean, this is the roommate's podcast. I can keep it real. I never, yeah. I never even shared this story, man. I see, I see why people like coming on your show. <laughs> you pulled out stuff you never talked about before, but I dated a young lady. Yeah. And... Man, even moved her in with me. Yeah. And she worked for me. Yeah. So, you know, when you're the boss of the company, <sighs> yeah. you know, if anything goes wrong in the relationship, they can sue the company on, on about you because you're the boss. Mm. So we broke up. And because we broke up, I was, I was in charge of her and she just started filing complaints against me mm. and they had to let me go. Wow. And I said from there, another learning experience. I'll never date a woman I work for again mm. or work with again because it's just so much drama. You got to separate, you know, your personal life and your business life. And, man, I mean, she disrespected my mother, called my mom all kind of names. Mm. I mean, it was just it was a bad relationship that I that I got in at a very, very young age. And so when she disrespected my mother, um, I separated. I said, hey, you know what? Go on, go on. Here's the funny thing. Her mom told me when I went to pick her up to move her into my place, her mom told me. She's not the one from you. <laughs> she's not the one for you. She's going to lie to you. She's going to steal from you. And she's going to use you. And when she gets done with that, she's coming back here. Wow. 
Mom was a prophet. Mom was a prophet. <laughs> she knew her daughter. And yeah. my mom told me as well, she's not the one. But she was gorgeous. Yeah. And everyone in the city uh, wanted her. Uh, but she didn't want me. She just wanted what I had. Yeah, that's real. So that happens. And you leave the job. How old were you when you leave the job? Man, I was about 22, man. Cool. And then yeah. where, where, what's next? I went back to Fayetteville. Okay. Went back to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, started selling cars. Okay. And that's when I really started developing this whole thing around credit uh, because I, I'm in a car business and I'm seeing people come in with a 480 credit score trying mm. to buy a $50,000 car. <laughs> I'm seeing grandmothers who are 80 years old with an 850 credit score but don't even make $850 a month mm. but buying a car for their, their son or for their grandson. Wow. I'm making money selling cars. You know, yeah. I, that was the first time I ever made 100 plus and within one year, wow. and I was like, wow, I made money off of selling things to people that they cannot afford. Wow. So I did that for about two or three years, and I got tired of doing that because I started really getting into ministry. Then I got in ministry full-time, man. Went cool. to seminary at Carolina uh, Bible College okay. in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Went and uh, became a youth pastor, and then transferred back to Jacksonville, Florida, mm -hmm. uh, at a mega church there called the Bethel Church. Uh, with close to about 30,000 members, man, at the time. And, man, just really took over the city of Jacksonville with young people. And one of the things that I did with my ministry there was Sunday was all spiritual, but Wednesday and during the week, I taught practical. Mm. How to look up scholarships to go to college, how to go into college without racking up any debt, yeah. understanding the difference between a credit card and a debit card, understanding what a credit report is, uh, really teaching that financial literacy part to our young people, teaching them even how to date men how to approach ladies ladies how to deny a man without dogging a man i mean i really i took the opportunity to really teach life skills and then also spiritual skills because with me growing up i didn't get the practical skills yeah no that's so good that's super good now i think about that man that's so good because i feel as though especially especially hearing how you communicated that you know took over the city of Jacksonville. Yeah. And I won't deny, I won't ever want to diminish what the Lord was doing, the yeah. spirit was moving. Yeah. But I really feel as though whenever I hear about people who really do great things for young adults, what happens is they find what is the young adults dealing with. Yes. And how can I provide tangible solutions yes. to that? And so I've always tell, would tell churches because I used to be, I used to work at the churches as well. Oh for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so uh, I used to tell churches all the time I'm like, yo, if you guys can do something mm -hmm. where it's a non-religious program, yes. that, but it's something that can add value to the average non-church-going individual, yes. that can create a healthy bridge to now then wind the deeper spiritual things. Man, you're, doing, you're teaching good, man. Yeah. I'm serious, man, because that was my philosophy. Yeah. I told my senior pastor at the time, I was like, hey, you're not going to see me in the office a lot during the week. Mm -hmm. You'll see me in there on Wednesday before our midweek service and, and, of course, on Sunday. But Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday... I'm at the I'm at the schools. Mm -hmm. I'm at the school subbing. I'm I'm a janitor. Um, I'm I'm helping and I'm serving and I'm and I'm learning. What are these young people going through? I'm on the college campuses. What are these young people going through? And everything was about money, man. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that young people, high schoolers and college people don't want to learn about money. But that's a lot. Mm. Every young person wants the latest Jordans. Every young person wants to go somewhere for spring break. That requires money. Mm -hmm. What we have to do is learn, like what you just said, how do we learn what they're going through and put it in a way that is attractive to them mm -hmm. to understand it? So what I did was, bro... I got hit. We got hit a lot at my church, but my pastor was so cool with it. We didn't have your typical worship 
like team. Mm-hmm. Now we brought in a DJ from the street mm-hmm. and he was turning hip hop music inside of the gym at the church. Yeah. And it was attracting the, maybe the not saved kids, yeah. but it was attracting kids like, yo, y'all playing Drake at the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you bring them in, my word was based on the word of God, but I was teaching stuff that they were going through every single day on the school campuses. I love it. I love it. I love it. So how long did you do that for? I did that for, man, uh, man, dude, maybe 12, 13 years That's awesome. from about 24 to about 31. And then I left there um, and joined uh, Dave Ramsey's speakers group team. Okay. Um, Ramsey Solutions uh, joined his team there, did that for about six years, and then just recently decided to um, um, resign and step out of my own, man, yeah. and just really pursue the things of, of um, my heart and where God is taking me next. That's great, man. Now it's it's fascinating. Stories very um very similar to some of that, <laughs> what I was going through as well. So now nah, this this is this is really good. So, what would you say, from your experience, was the biggest issue the young men were dealing with when you were pastoring for all those years? What was the most consistent issue you saw over and over again that young men were dealing with throughout the years of you pastoring those I, churches? Man, I think for me it was it was identity. Mm. Young men, they didn't really understand who they, who who they were, mm-hmm. and the power that that they hold mm. as men. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kings. We we are the head of our homes. We are the priests of our homes. And young men at that time didn't understand, like, hey, I, I am becoming this guy, and I will become this guy, and I can become this guy. Yeah. Uh, what I saw from young men at that time was, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do what they're doing. I'm going to blend in with the world. I'm going to yeah. do if if. He's older than me. He's more popular than me. I'm going to do that. When really popularity comes from someone who's bold enough and brave enough just to be who they authentically are. Mm -hmm. And these young men that I saw, and even still to this day, older men, Mm -hmm. we have a problem with really self-identity and being our true and authentic selves. No, that's powerful, man. I I said um, three biggest things men struggle with the most. First, a lack of purpose. True, true. You know, they don't know what they're called to do. Yep. Um, second is a lack of community. Yep. Or if or sorry, a lack of positive community. Positive. It's either they're in isolation yep. or they're around negative people. That's good. And the third thing, like you talked about, is identity, who I am. Yeah. And so that's it's fu- it's funny that similar experiences experience the similar issues. And you know, if I could add one to that, I mean, I, this is your podcast, so I like those three. I'm gonna yeah. add one. Lack of vision. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't know where they're going. And I think when we have a lack of vision as men, we don't know who to align with. Mm. It was easy for me to say yes to you because I, I align with your vision because I know your vision from listening to the podcast and your mission. So I'm like, all right, cool. I can come on this show because we are in alignment. Yeah. I think sometimes men struggle with that because they don't they make so many. We make so many wrong decisions because we never sat down and said, OK, where am I going in life? What am I doing in life? I love this, man. I love this because. Man, this is all this is all tied <laughs> together because um, I created an identity course for for Ooh. a lot of young men, and and one of the first things I tell them to do is reverse engineer your life. Yes. So at fifty one years old, what do you want your life to look like? What are your family? What what business? Where yeah. do you want to live? Yeah. Like you said, you have to have that future. Um, um, insight, and I always tell guys, give me a five-year plan, a ten-year plan, a twenty-year so plan. So good. So, because once you're able to look into the future, you're now un- able to understand what steps you need to take. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things. Like you said, if if you don't know where you're going to be, how do you know where to go today? That's true. Yeah. Man, you, you're teaching good. And I had that problem. Yeah. I really did. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really have a clear vision for my life, I would say, until about, um, I'd probably say maybe about five, six years ago, mm-hmm. when I really submitted myself to wiser men who were aligned with my vision and where I wanted to go. And they were really helping me identify healthy network. Like, hey, son, this is where you need to be going. This is what God is saying, and and here's how you get there. And I think men, we need other men, strong and solid men, speaking into our lives. A hundred percent, man. I used to teach out in Dallas when I first moved out here. Okay. Uh, technically in the Fort Worth area, and I was teaching at a school called Dunbar. Ooh. Um, historically black school, South community, all that good stuff. And I actually interviewed one of my old students. I was teaching here like seven years ago. So I met him when he was 12. Now he's 19. So we we had a great conversation the other day. And when I was asking him, he said one of the biggest things is that we don't have any mentors. Mm. And he said that what happens is you just want to be what you've seen. Yes. Uncles, big cousins, dudes around the block. Yeah. And it's so fascinating that you bring that up, that what what helped you was the network mm-hmm. and seeing the right kind of people, which help you align yourself with the right vision and path that you know God called you to live in. So when he was telling me that, I was like, man, it, it only makes sense if all you're seeing is X, Y, and Z. How are you supposed to do A, B, C? I mean, I, I, I mean that's facts. I yeah. mean, if all if all I see are people in the streets, people you know treating ladies like you know you know what uh, I'm on your podcast, so I won't go crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know then that's what I'm going to become. Yeah. Even if I know that it, that's not the right thing to do, but if that's all that I see and I see if it's, it, it's accepted, I become that, which is one of the main reasons why I told myself, I went viral for, I think for, the, for a good reason, but then also I got some backlash from it. I told uh, my community, my tribe, that I would never marry outside of my race. Mm-hmm. I, I will marry a black woman, a black queen, because I want to be a positive example to the black community and to all the communities that a black man and a black woman can come together who is not a celebrity, who is not a basketball player, who's not an R&B artist, um, and build wealth and be the positive example for our young brothers and sisters coming up and see a healthy and wealthy, uh, vibrant black family thriving in America uh, because we we busted our rear ends Mm. because we came together and we worked. I have nothing against multiracial couples, but it's like for me, I want to be the guy that your kids, my kids, those kids can look up to like, yo, okay, I can win. Yeah. And I don't have to be like them. I can be like Anthony. I can be like Hafiz. I, I, I can be like them and be successful. That's awesome, man. And I think deep down, that's kind of what everybody really wants. Mm. You know, the, the, the desire to be successful. Absolutely. But the problem is we don't know the path to take to achieve that success. Or the, sorry, we don't know the correct path to take. Now, let me ask you this question. This is your, this is your podcast. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm imagine like it's my show. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good, you're good. Who defines success though? Society. Oh. And that's the problem. And the problem is that society defines success. And that's why I said we don't know what path to take. Because if somebody, if someone tells me, hey, uh, let's say I want to go to the ocean, right? I want to go to the ocean. And someone says, well, you know, if you want to go to the ocean, you have to go to the Midwest. Mm. So so my heart is ocean, Mm -hmm. but the path they tell me to go there is drive to the Midwest. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in, let's say I'm in Tennessee, I'm driving Northwest, I'm driving West, and I'm stopping in the Midwest. Right, right, right. And 
what ends up happening is now I realize, wait, I spent my whole life trying to get to what I believed I desired, right. but because you told me the wrong destination, I got there. Exactly. So when it comes to success, people communicate success is uh, a million dollars, success is this kind of chick, success is Balenciaga's vacations, all these things. So then what we do is we go on a path yeah. to achieve those things, yeah. shortcuts, credit, all these things, bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Then when we get there, we're not even happy. Not even happy. Because that wasn't success. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that I've really been reminding myself personally. Yes. Anthony, who told you driving a Bentley and living in a $2 million house is success? Mm. I remember going to see uh, one of my mentor's father, right? Walk into this house. It is small. Mm. It is maybe 1,100 square feet three bedrooms i mean old and small driving a 1960 something car and this guy looked at me and he said i'm wealthy mm. and i looked around i was like this is wealth yeah and he was like oh yeah this is this is i'm wealthy yeah son. and he was like i am successful son well are you i was like yeah i mean y'all live in a bigger house than this. <laughs> you know, i drive a much better car than yeah. this and he said well son that's your problem yeah and he looked at me and he was like Wealth and success is internal. Mm. Wealth and success is not external. It's not what they say. I have peace. I have joy. I have freedom. I have options. I can leave here today and go do whatever I want to do tomorrow because I have peace. Yeah. He said there are so many people who have the Bentleys, who have the big cars, who have the big homes, who have the beautiful spouses, but they don't have any peace. A hundred percent. And I was, and when he said that, it took me back to. And this is your podcast. Somebody shut up whenever no, you're you need good. to shut no, up. You go. This is just he, your episode. He he, he took. I, I went back to Oceanside, California. I had a Ford Explorer, and when I bought the Ford Explorer, right, um, I went and I financed some spinner wheels. Mm. That when we stopped, the wheels <laughs> yeah, kept yeah, spinning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't afford it, so I put them on a credit card because. Everybody at that time was doing it. It was yeah. in music videos back then. I mean, it was the thing to do. And every Friday night, my guys and I will meet up at the beach. We will wash our cars Friday when we get off of work. Mm -hmm. And everyone will meet up Friday night with our cars. All my boys were driving Mercedes, BMWs, Lexuses. Um, if you had a Toyota Camry, it was pimped out. My yeah. Ford Explorer, we had 212s in the back with 2,000 watt amps. Like, yeah. we we were looking good. Yeah, yeah. And then, bro, we looked good. Yeah. But at that same time, when we're out there parked looking good for all the honeys and the ladies showing up, we asking each other, yo, can I get $5 so we get something to eat? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, we looked like success, yeah. but we were not successful. And when he said that, I took I went back to that beach there, and I was like, man. That's why I'm, that's when my mindset changed because I'm like, success may not be a million dollars for me. Mm. Success may be, you know what? I have options. Yeah. Success may be I have peace. Uh, success just may be I have a wife and two kids and I'm able to provide yeah. and, 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 and take care of them and die and leave them with wealth and legacy and, and no headaches. When the average black person, the average black person dies, leaving their family with bills and benefits and the benefits are only enough to take care of the bills, but not to pass down any wealth. Mm. And to me, that's not successful to mm. me. That's not that's not success. And so I, I just really hope the people listening to the podcast will get this, man. Like, 
redefine what does success look like for you. Yeah. Because success for you is going to be success different for me. Mm -hmm. And we have to be okay with that. No, this is so good because I tell people this all the time. And, and uh, a lot of people don't understand what I say. This. And I said, I grew up very rich. Ooh, break that down. I tell people, I said, I grew up very rich. Okay. And when people are always, people just stop me there. They don't ever ask me to break it down because yeah. they're like, oh man, you must have just had a lot of money. Yeah. You no. never had money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I was rich because I had a dad and mom who loved me and gave me their hearts. I had, um, I had some amazing friends mm -hmm. who I can still call up into today. Mm -hmm. There is so much wealth mm. in people, mm -hmm. in love, and in peace that for those who don't have it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so I say all the time, I grew up very rich. Very. And it's fascinating because whenever I meet people, I'm not hating on anybody, I'm just telling you my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, let's do it. They always make the claim, I wanna give my children all that I never had. Ooh. And there's nothing wrong with that, that's beautiful. You want your kids to be doing more and better than you have. Mm. But here's the problem. That sentence always means more stuff. Yep. More money. Yep. More possessions. Yep. But it's like, why don't you give your kids more time? Yes. Why don't you give them more affection? Yes. Why don't you give them more of an a, 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 a understanding of who God is? Why don't you give them more of that? Yeah. We don't, we don't view that yeah. as the stuff we were lacking. Ooh, bro. A lot of people right now, they don't, they don't view that as that was what you were lacking. Right. Right. The reason why you're so obsessed with the money and all these things is not because you grew up and you didn't have it, which some of you guys might be the case. Absolutely. But really was the case. You grew up feeling lesser than yeah, yeah. lacking that yeah. depth. And so I really believe that similar to what you're saying, the conversation about changing success needs to happen. Man, you know. Ooh, you so man, listen. We need. I need to get you on my show, bro. Cause you talking good over here, man. I'm I'm loving this. Cause I I I grew up rich too by your definition. Yeah. I grew up rich. My mom worked three jobs. Yeah. Uh, my mom worked uh, for the school district. She get off of there, go and work for Target. Uh, not Target, Kmart yeah. back then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then on the weekends, she worked for the Christian Berean Bookstore. Mm -hmm. She did all that because she wanted to make sure that her kids just had a decent Christmas. Mm -hmm. Not no crazy Christmas, yeah. a decent Christmas. Mm -hmm. we, we grew up in a very small home, man. My grandmother, me and my two siblings in, in uh, one room, and then my parents when I used to live with them in California before I moved in with my biological parents. I mean, and bro, we was eating hamburger helpers. To this day, I, I can't eat hamburger helpers mm -hmm. anymore because we ate it for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we had to get creative and and we always kept eggs, bread and milk in the house. And if you got eggs, eggs, uh, bread and milk, that's French toast. Yeah, so yeah. we'll have French toast for breakfast sometimes and French toast for dinner. Um, but I grew up rich because my mom and dad always taught us how to work. Yeah. They always taught us about, you know, our Christian world. They always taught us. I'll never forget. My dad did this and I, I had absolutely no idea why he did this. My mom was so upset with him when he did this. But he came home, he was sleeping, and God told him to wake up the kids, all three of us, bring us out to the garage at 2 o'clock in the morning. We got school mm -hmm. at 7 a.m. Yeah. And he gets up and takes us to the garage, and he says, you all will need to learn how to adapt, adjust, and overcome in life. Mm. 
He said, if, if I don't leave you with anything, adapt, adjust, and overcome. And I was like, what in the world, Dad? What, 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 what? I'm, I'm 10 years old. Yeah, what am yeah, I going to do with adapt, adjust, yeah, what yeah. I say, adapt, adjust, and overcome? And yeah. I'm sitting there. And then two weeks later, I go running with my dad. I'm, I'm, I'm riding a bike, and my dad is running. We're going down a hill. And I saw in slow motion, my dad, he, he hits something, he skips, and he, he trips, and he goes towards the ground. And he immediately he rolls over and he gets back up like nothing ever happened. We get back to the house. He says, Anthony, what did I teach you two weeks ago? Mm. Like, what do you mean when I woke you up? He was like, adapt, mm. adjust, and overcome. Yeah. And he said, and that's what happened. Life is going to hit you with curveballs. And you're going to have to adapt, adjust, and overcome. Because of that, that's why I say I grew up rich. I mm. didn't grow up with the latest and greatest shoes. Mm -hmm. I never owned a pair of Jordans or I never owned a pair of nice shoes. Um, but I grew up with all the, the love, with all the wisdom and all the knowledge that I needed. And I truly do believe that because of that, my siblings and I, all three of us are very successful um, in our particular uh, spaces in the world. And it's because we had the wealth and the knowledge from our parents. I love that because one of the things I've noticed is that sometimes what a lot of people do is if they don't understand what success is, and like Anthony said, everyone can define it for what it is. What it is. Mm -hmm. If success is money, yeah. you will sacrifice time with your loved ones to Ooh, make more money. You sure will. Because we all know that if, you if sure you're working will. 40 hours a week, let's say you can earn uh, uh, 75, you work uh, you know, 60 hours a week, you can make 100, you work yeah. 80 hours a week. So there is a, if you're a hardworking person, there's more work and there is more money to come. Absolutely. But then eventually everything is an opportunity cost. Yes. Everything is a trade-off. Yes. And so when you only think success is in money, you would trade time with everybody. You would, you would trade so many things, these things to, <laughs> to get more money. Yeah. But then on the flip side, if you're somebody who who understands that you got to pay the bills, you got to put clothes on their backs, things like that. Yeah. But then you know what's valuable in reality yeah. is time. Yes. Because you will like like the story that you shared. Mm -hmm. You and your dad in the park yep. running. Yep. Moments like that is what at 40, 50, 70 years old, even when our parents pass and go to the Lord, yeah. we'll be remembering those things. Absolutely. Man, abs absolutely yeah. absolutely <laughs> uh, that's real man yeah. and, and i think for me as a single black man right now yeah. i get hit a lot because i'm always talking about how i desire marriage mm -hmm. right how i desire to have a family and i've always i haven't always been the, the 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 best steward of my single season but as a man dude i value time mm -hmm. i don't want to have to be working 40 50 hours 100 hours a week so i can provide for my kids because when i was single i wasn't using my time wisely 100%. as a man so it's like for me i value the time to where hey when i get married bro i want to take my way my wife on a honeymoon every three months like every mm -hmm. three, we going somewhere yeah, 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 you yeah. know but it's like as a man right now and i know you got a lot of men so all y'all brothers listen to me i think the best thing we could be doing right now as single brothers is busting our rear ends now so yeah. when we do get the family yeah. we have that time yeah. when we do have that daughter when we do have that son we have the time the freedom and the options wealth we have success to where now we can go to the schools it's not mom dropping off the kids it's not mom going to sit down with the teacher it's not mom going to pick up the kids when the kids get in trouble the, we fathers men we can do that because when we were single we we were getting the bag we were building the business we were you know growing our career we was getting our education so that when we do get married 
we can have what I, I truly believe for me when I think of success is being the best daggone father and husband and an advocate for the community. I love it. Eddie, write that down because that's the intro. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, nah, that's 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 so powerful, man. Because what what I've realized as I'm you know mentoring some of my my students from back in the day, there's there's a disconnect mm. with I'm 18 now. What? Mm. Because especially in the black community, we have to be 100. percent A lot of a lot of guys aren't going to college. True. A lot of guys after high school. Got to graduate high school. Got to. After they graduate high school, they they have no idea what to do. So I've been working on a tangible step-by-step plan to help young men. After if you're, The moment you graduate high school, these are the things to do Indeed. to be successful. Yes. In your opinion, if there's a young guy right now, just finished graduating high school, what are some of the things that you want him to do right now in order to set him, his future up? for long-term success. Man, you hit those on um, last week's podcast. I, I just want to echo it. Um, you know, don't have any kids. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't have any kids. Yeah, yeah. Man, I love kids. Yeah. Do not yeah. do it. Um, get you a job ASAP and get you some education. Mm. Now, the education, I'm not saying go to college. Yes. What I'm saying is get you some education as in mind your business. Build your mind because i think when you graduate high school the greatest asset we have is not our hands it's not our mouth it's not our our game that we can spit to the ladies it's what's up in here Mm. and so for me i would figure out what are you what are your strengths and how do you get stronger at that strength Mm -hmm. you know how do you make your stamp in the world what will people know you by? When you walk into the room, that's A.O. He talks about money. He loves minorities. You know, he, he, this is his thing. What will people know you by? And just always be just minding your business. And I always say this because you're minding your business and just continue growing your mind. Look to get the education. Look to learn every single day. You should be learning something every single day around the strength you want to be in. So what are some fields in your opinion that if, if he, somebody's graduate high school, they can, they can be able to jobs that they can be able to get that can be able to create a good foundation for life. Man, I mean, I would say for an 18 year old man around that age, bracket, let's say 18, about like 22, 23, man, believe it or not, bro, I say get into customer service. Okay. Because you're going to get cussed out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to get yelled at. Yeah. And I think to be successful in today's world, you need to know how to deal with different characters. Mm. And here's another one that a lot of people don't really, they don't like it, but not only just customer service, but collections. Mm. The reason why I say collections is it doesn't require a four-year degree. Um, as long as you can deal with with getting cussed out, you can collect some money and get paid commissions on it. Is it salary and commission on commissions only? Salary and commission. And what does that usually start at? For so the- your base, depending on where you are. I know back in the days when I was on it, my base was like $30,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, but then I'll get like 5% of everything that I collected past my base. Mm. So let's say my base broke down to $2,500 a month. Right. So anything I collected past twenty five hundred, I got five percent of that. Okay. So if I collected fifteen thousand dollars of yeah. that, then I got five percent of fifteen thousand dollars plus yeah. my twenty five hundred dollars. And so I tell people find different ways um, to where how you can get get into some careers that have a I love commission because I hate having a cap. Mm. You know, I, I love I love that because it's like, hey, OK, cool. Give me a base where I, I won't go broke. Yeah. But you're telling me if I go out here and I bust my butt, you're going to give me some more money. Yeah. I like stuff like that. Um, when you get into right now in today's day and time, 
I mean, go to trade school for two, three months, learn how to work with your hands out there and building homes and stuff like that. Uh, be a, a carpenter, be a welder. Man, they're making six figures out right outside of trade school. Mm. So I think there's, there are a lot of different jobs, but customer service, um, collections, I love that because it, it really teaches you how to build your strength when it comes to different characteristics because I think sometimes a lot of us are sheltered, mm. you know, and so I think that's a good one. Two, um, jump into a um, maybe a little part-time job while you go to like a welding school or a carpenter school and within a matter of two to six months before you turn 19, you're making eighty dollars to $120,000 a year. Yeah. So in regards to welding, is there, because I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, is there something that potentially could potentially people may not be skilled for that can anybody be, do that or is it, it do you have to be good like with handyman like i'm not the most handy person you know what yeah I mean? but you can learn how to be the most okay, handy person okay you know what i'm saying like you can learn how to do that but let's just say you're not good at um at, at the handyman stuff or let's just say you don't want to be out there in the sun yeah. you know I, I get it we're, we're black we don't get black. <laughs> um i think another good field to get into is sales yeah you cannot go wrong with sales. Now, sales will mean either you can do face-to-face -face sales or over-the-phone sales. You will always see this for me. I always want to create something to where you can engage with people mm. because you, you can't build wealth without engaging with people. That's real. And so what I, I'm, I'm always challenging people, hey, I know I want to put you inside of your uncomfort zone because the truth of the fact is nothing extraordinary, nothing extraordinary happens inside of your comfort zone. Mm. So we need to stretch ourselves outside of our comfort zone. And if you don't like talking to people, that's where honestly where you need to be mm. because you, you can you can one grow mature and you can build wealth that makes that makes perfect sense so what would you say besides a kid would be a is a is a huge financial op hurdle that men absolutely have to avoid at a young age that you've that you've seen so many young men by making this financial mistake it really negatively impacts their lives I mean, you want me to be real yes on your show yes you may not like this i love it go ahead <laughs> Man, men gotta stay away from debt, bro. Okay. They 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 gotta stay away from debt, man. They we I think the world has taught us that we have to have a credit score. So immediately what I see with young men is go get a credit card. Okay. And my philosophy, I don't knock people who do it. Mm -hmm. Um I, I go back to, you know, old school. We we teach you how to abstain or we teach you how to put on a condom. Mm -hmm. I'm on the abstain when it comes to debt part. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Um nearly seventy eight percent of us live in paycheck to paycheck. Uh, the average black man, uh, close to 48% of us, would never make over $40,000 in a year. Yeah, We're going to die leaving our families with bills and benefits, and nearly 60% of us don't even have benefits. Mm. We just have a bunch of bills. And so what I see from a very early on, for a very early age, they feel as if to become a grown man, I need to go have a credit score. Mm -hmm. And when we really step back and look at it, from my personal beliefs, a credit score does not mean I am financially successful. Yeah, It just means I'm real good at paying back, you know, the credit and the debt that I borrow. And so I think we need to start teaching young men first, what is the difference between a credit card and debit card? What is the truth about credit? Um, and, and, and I know I may get hit for that from people on the podcast, but that was something that I wish someone would have taught me, man. I love it. So my advice was, and I'm curious to your thoughts on this one. My advice was you don't get a credit card until you have a career and have $10,000 saved. And mm. you only use the credit card for gas and food 
nothing else, and you're paying it every single month. Outside of those things, you do you never get the credit card. I think I remember hearing that podcast, yes. and I was like, "What are your th- What are your thoughts about that?" I mean, I, I can agree to disagree with that one. I mean, because what you're saying, and here's the truth: if we have eighty percent of us living paycheck to paycheck, I do believe that there are people out there in the world who can have a credit card. Mm-hmm. And steward it well. Yeah. I do believe that. Let me say that right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do believe that there are people out there who can have a credit card and do it well. The problem with me and my brand is I can't speak to the minority. I got to speak to the majority. Okay. So my question is, going back to the rules, do you feel as though if you're making Mm $50,000, you have $10,000 saved, Mm -hmm. and then you get a credit card? Because I think credit card was after getting life insurance. Okay. Do you feel as though if that kind of person with that mindset, I said career, I didn't say you're making, I said you have an actual (laughs) career that that consistently can bring income. Do you feel like that person is more likely to be a good steward with getting that credit card at a later time? I'm curious to your thoughts. I mean, can can that person, you know, have a credit card and pay it off monthly? Absolutely. I mean, my mentor does that. Yeah. Um, But I'm that person times 10. And I still don't have a credit card. And so for me, I'm trying to show people, hey, you can win over here. Here's the problem. When life hits, they're going to go to the credit card. What if they have $10,000 saved? I mean, well, $10,000 saved is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money depending on emergency. But then I guess my question is, like, if you get, I know when I first got my credit card, I have a $2,500 limit. Yeah. So in my brain, it's like, if you have the cash, Mm -hmm. you can't spend that much on your credit card because, you know, end of the day, you have more cash available than you have credit available. So would that be something that could potentially be a deterrent? Let me answer this question. Yeah. Um, Not you. I want you to think about the world. Yeah. If I have cash yeah or if i have somebody else's cash yeah where do you think they're going first i see what you're saying see what i'm saying yeah. and so for my thing is i don't want us to build debt i want us to eliminate and stay away from debt and figure out how do we just cash flow so what you're saying is because you're smart you're like me could yeah. i have a credit card today and keep that thing at a zero balance and never pay interest absolutely but to the average person if i gave them ten thousand dollars cash and then a ten thousand dollar credit card and said, hey, an emergency just came up. More than likely, bro, yeah. they're going to pick up the credit card. Even if you, even if you feel so like... Good. <laughs> no, this is so good. that's great. <laughs> even if you feel like they were taught... Because I, I one of my thought processes... I, I like your the abstinence condom. I love that analogy. Because yeah. I, I love it because I'm wondering if I'm... Am I giving the wrong advice? So I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking out loud as we're talking through this. I guess I'm wondering that if... If you have somebody who's taught strictly, because I feel like we weren't taught about credit cards, right? We weren't. If you were, if you, if you had somebody who was taught strictly about this is not a get out of jail free card. This is only for gas and and food. I'm thinking about have we set up enough deterrence to where if he's gonna really spend that much money, it's that's beyond. Yeah, that's 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 like that's an anomaly. Yeah, if not the the normal, I guess I'm wondering that. I I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what I think you're teaching, I think you you teach it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, uh, because I think that there are some people out there who can do it. But for me, here's my question. Yeah, if I only have to put my gas and food on there, what why? why I have a credit card. And here's what I ask people, right? Yeah. What goes, where can you go wrong without having a credit okay. card? So I know you, you probably got an answer for this. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to set you, I'm not setting you up because I know you know the answer to this. You're smarter yeah. than me. No, no, you, no. You, no, made, no. you made a point about only thing you feel about debt 
is for a home. Right. So is there any advantage to having a good credit score in regards to purchasing a home? Let's be real. Yeah. And when you purchase a home, what do you have? Debt. And you have a score. Yeah. But I'm saying your initial your initial um, rates. Yeah. My initial rate was it was like maybe point zero something higher than someone with an 800 credit score. So I'm maybe paying maybe um, twenty dollars more a month on uh, my mortgage payment uh, because I didn't have a actual credit score. But now that I have a home, yeah. I have an 800 credit score that I'll- I will only use to purchase my next home when I move. So you said you didn't have a credit score. Mm-hmm. What- but I thought you got a credit card when you were younger. I did. So when I paid it all off, yeah, I didn't have any open trade lines. Okay. So when they pulled up my credit score to get it, I didn't have an active score. Oh. Because okay. I didn't have any open trade lines. Okay. So huh. they stay on for a while, but because they're they they've been delete not deleted because they were closed for more than I think it was like five years at the time. Um, yeah, I didn't have an actual active score. Hmm. And so I had to have a manual underwriter look at my stuff. I had to turn in my rent from the last three years. I had to turn in my electricity bill for like the last two years. Yeah. Um, I had to show in proof of income in the last two years of taxes. Um, they verified my income. And it was a little, probably a little bit longer process yeah. to get it done. Uh, but that was the first home. Then when I bought the second home, yeah. it was easy because my credit score Yeah, because of your home. I, yeah, and now I'm wondering, because this is really good because I'm curious your thoughts on this one, but one of the things I was telling you, a lot of young guys is that, you know, if you're don't rent an apartment, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, you only rent with other guys, Not mad especially at that. in the modern market. I know in places like Atlanta and Dallas, the average apartment is $1,100 in a decent yeah. place, decent place, decent place. Right. And so I'm thinking about, okay, if you're making, I think we did the math, if you're making Freak, I wish I had my calculator on me. But if you're making about $43,000 <laughs> a year, you're making right. $43,000 a year, let's say after taxes, you're looking at about twenty two, twenty three. Yep. And so I was like, man, $1,100 expense, you're getting close to that fifty, that 45, 50%. Um, Absolutely. For your, your housing, which most people would advise that 30% marker. Yeah. So then I said, stay at home for as long as possible. Okay. And if you want, you can go ahead and purchase. Okay. After staying, because I know a lot of guys who do that. Like I know a guy who stayed at home. He saved up all his money. Yeah. And then he, and then I think he stayed at home from eighteen through twenty six. Saved up. Okay. Had a hundred thousand cash. Yeah. And was able to put a lot more down payment on the home. But if he had a credit card and he had a better credit score, do you think that could be a little bit advantageous for a person who goes that route? I'm curious to your thoughts. Nah, not really, man. Okay. I mean, I, I think because the, the credit again, the credit card is only good if I want to buy something. Yeah, you can get into a home without a credit score. Everyone, there's a lot of people doing manual underwriting right now. I like your analogy when it comes to maybe staying at home or partnering with someone, two or three guys, and having a roommate and stacking that bread. I, I agree with that. I think once you get past a certain age, you should branch out yeah, yeah, of so, so you can develop the manhood, yeah. you know, a little bit. But if you're going to stay home between now and college or now and this while you're figuring out this next season, mm-hmm. you'll just steward that season correctly. Stack up one hundred thousand dollars so yeah. you can go put down something on the home. I know a lot of my mentees who did that. One of them left the house at twenty seven. Uh, he saved up right at about eighty thousand dollars in um, South Carolina. Went and honestly put down fifty percent of the home because at that time the home was only was like one sixty. Yeah, yeah. And then he busted his butt, and this is what he did: he rented out the other two rooms. Yeah. 
So he bought the mortgage, let his friends move in. Between those two paying rent, yeah. it was more than his mortgage <laughs> yeah, payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's sitting there getting his check, stacking the bread. Yeah. He goes out there, buys his dream car, used, yeah. and then pays off the house within three years. Yeah. Now he's sitting on a home, sold it during COVID, bought yeah. it for 160 yeah. sold it for 348 <laughs> 348 yeah. And so then he went and took that, just got married. And went and bought a real nice, beautiful home, man. He's not even 30 yet. And, and I'm like, yo, that's everything is all about just a strategy. Again, I don't knock people who who go the credit route yeah. uh, because I do believe that, hey, there are some people out there who can do it. Yeah. But I want to be the example that, you know, you can drive your dream car. You can live in your dream home. Um, you can actually enjoy life and build wealth without, um, you know, having the credit card system. But again, like I said, my yeah pretty much i'll say half my mentors you know they have a charge card and i respect it so uh, another question i have for you is that because you said you have to do a manual underwriting and and so if a guy wanted to buy a house and he had no credit and he had no proof of rental history do you think they would now not allow him to could he still buy the house without easy okay the key thing for manual underwriting is going to be making sure that you have no open trade trade lines um, that are in default Okay. The next key is how much money do you have to put down? Okay. If you're going to go to manual underwriting route, you need to have at least 15 to 20%. The gold number is 20% because then now you can get into a conventional loan and you don't, you don't have the PMI. If you can go in PMI for those who don't know, PMI is a private mortgage insurance. So anytime you finance a home that's less than 20%, you're going to pay a PMI. You see these a lot on your FHA loans, Mm -hmm. Um, on your conventional loans, they're going to require you to put 20% down. So if you have your 20% plus a fully funded emergency fund, let's say three months sitting in your account, it is super easy for you to get a manual underwriting with proof of, I would say, uh, income. If you've never rented because you've been at home, um, I'm going to tell you have your mom and dad charge you rent okay. and you get a receipt for it um, because there, there are ways that you can get around it. Um, I know me, you know, if my kid soon they turn 18, I'm charging them rent and I'm giving them a receipt yeah. so that way they can have documentation, which mm-hmm. is very important. But um, no, the main thing is, man, make sure you have nothing negative. Uh, the worst thing than no credit is bad credit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say the worst thing from bad credit is no credit. No, no, no. It's it's if you have open trade lines and they're all in default, all in collections. And let's say you're making two hundred thousand dollars, you're not going to get a home, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but you want to make sure that you have at least. I tell everyone, good credit as far as in everything is paid, or absolutely no credit with with everything closed, no collections. Okay. And then make sure you have income, and make sure you have the twenty percent down. And you really don't need the 20%. Like if you go to my friends at Churchill Mortgage, for an example, they'll get you in there for like 10% mm-hmm. on a conventional loan and they'll mm-hmm. manually underwrite it for you. Okay. <laughs> now nah, this is interesting. I might yeah. have to rethink the credit thing because I know for me that was that was the main thing that everyone was teaching me was just in regards to um, even like what are, what are your thoughts on business credit? I don't do it. You don't do business? And, and again, here's the thing. Now here is a downfall. I was wait, I was looking for you to, to 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 respond to that. There is one downfall. Yeah. When you don't do credit. Yeah. You move at the speed of cash. Yeah. And so I move slow. You yeah. know, I just stepped out and I'm launching my own business. And I, I wanna build at the speed of cash. I can go finance 
my own building. I can go finance this. I can go finance that, and I'll move quicker. But if COVID happens again, yeah. now I'm stressed. If if life happens again, now I'm stressed. Yeah. So I'd rather be a little stressed on the front end while I'm building, uh, rather than go finance everything. My mentor, Dave Ramsey, friend and mentor, uh, when I was working with him on his team, I watched him build, mm -hmm. you know, a hundred million dollar facility mm -hmm. cash. <laughs> when COVID hit, yeah. we weren't firing people. Yeah. We were hiring families. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And still million cash and still building yeah, yeah, yeah. while COVID is going, while companies are shutting down, Microsoft shut down all of their stores. Yeah. Ramsey Solutions, of course, we paused some things yeah. to be good stewards yeah. to make sure we didn't have to fire anyone at that time. But we were hiring people. He was still building. The man is building a, a, a massive, massive empire that's impacting the world out there. Two buildings, um, a theater, parking garage, and he employs over a thousand families. Yeah. And he's able to do that and not stress because he doesn't have the debt he didn't have to take out a ppp loan because he didn't have any debt yeah you know so i think for me I, when i think of when i think of like credit and debt i'm like i see why people do it yeah i think for me it's more about i'm thinking long term it feels good to wake up and like yo i don't owe anybody yeah i'm straight yeah now that's interesting. That's uh, I think that was dope that they rented eight hundred million. And a lot of people think he, a lot of people think he he borrowed money to build his buildings. Yeah. No man. I mean, I joined him uh, six years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, we were in a building, bro, three buildings, and sometimes I have to get in my car to drive to another building to rent because yeah. he was like. But isn't isn't the know, word on the street that there's there's a lot of tax benefits and loopholes that you can that you can. To, to do so when you're a business owner man yeah yeah so, so like, <laughs> i think like somebody yes. was telling me like the depreciate like some people would finance place finance buildings but then the depreciation on the bill like i don't know all the number but they were they were communicating there's these things that were in reality they're financing but they're really not paying any money on the building i mean i don't know about the financing part but i yeah. do know this much dave gets a lot of write-offs yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. he's building a building yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's not just about the building but it's like on, on the business side of things he's also employing people yeah so technically i want to say this and i never built something on his magnitude yeah. um perfectly i will down yeah. the road but i haven't and nowhere near it but i want to say through that administration at that time, he was getting paid to build that building. Yeah. And he was doing that cash. Yeah. So there's always, and, and I think when, when, when I actually like using my money because I get to determine what I'm going to do with it. And so now I want to talk about, so this is like level one stuff. I was yeah. level one, 50,000 a year plus. I want to jump, I want to do 50 to 100. Okay. And, but I want to jump to the big, the big guns. Cause I, I was once told that once you make a certain amount of money, you have a certain amount of credit score, you, you basically taking interest-free loans. You can. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about taking, taking debt like that? Still debt. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, in regards, you know what I'm saying? In regards it, to, for like businesses, like, so instead of, instead of, if you had a hundred thousand, cause this is where people were telling me, like, instead of you taking a hundred thousand of your cash mm -hmm. and putting it into the business and the business, you can take out a loan of, no interest, no $100,000, open right. a business, and then use that money to pay off the loans. 
in the future, do you feel like that's maybe smart strategy instead of having to use your? I hear people all the time tell me like, eventually, when you get to a certain point, it's not wise to use your money anymore. I'm curious your thoughts on that. I, here, here's my thing. Yeah. On anything around debt, yeah. I'm always going to be like, I don't own it. Yeah. You know, if 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 I go to you and you be like, Yo, amp, I'm gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars cash, yeah. no interest. Yo, you own it. Yeah. That's it's it's yours. Yeah. My name is on the deed, but I, I don't own it until I pay you back your 100000 Okay. And so I want to own whatever I have. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be calling you saying, hey, man, COVID done hit. I'm going to miss this payment. So I think for, for, for me, again, I'm not my mentor. You know, I, I'm not going to go crazy on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Dave has the right to do that because he's been in the game for, you know, 25 years. Yeah. I've been in the game for six yeah. on the financial space with him. Um, and now that I'm out of my own, man, I just I, I still believe that being debt free yeah. on both your personal side and, and business side is the, is the right way to go because ownership is key. Yeah. The wealthy own. Mm-hmm. Why do we respectfully saying this? Why do we in the black culture? Why do we, how come we're so scared of ownership? Why, why do we want to borrow and we think we're owning when really we're not? When we're working Monday through Friday, putting in all this labor to go pay back another family uh, who owns what we have to come back to our families and we're, we're giving somebody else the fruit of our labor rather than sticking to, all right, man, listen, we're going to get this money, we're going to save the money, and we're going to go buy that building cash. When we buy that building cash, our family, my family owns it, not the Citibank family who gave us a check to do it and they're celebrating with this because they were the funders of it. Like, no, O'Neill family, we bought that building. We're employing these staff members. You know, we're building this and it's ours. And I can pass that down to my kids and say, hey, you know what? I'll finance your dreams. Yeah. The O'Neill family will finance your dreams, not somebody else uh, doing that. So that's just really my philosophy goes down to I value ownership. Yeah. I don't really value leveraging someone else's money. I value, I own it. But wouldn't, but but I guess wouldn't the average person who buys a house, they're not owning the house. Absolutely, I don't yeah. own my house because yeah. I, I have a mortgage on it. So what? Which what, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so which is why I'm like I'm cool with that. I'm mm-hmm. cool with you know you going out there and getting a mortgage payment because if the average person in America would never make over a hundred thousand dollars, okay, yeah. and then the average black man is going to make on average, well, it's not on average, forty eight percent of us will make less than forty thousand dollars. It's going to take you year. It, yeah. it will take you to your sixty yeah. to buy you know a home. So I totally understand that. Okay. Um, but when it comes to things that we necessarily do not need you know i just i just i just can't get behind it we need a car but yeah. we don't need a forty thousand dollar car yeah no, we, no, no no you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah i agree with we, you. we we need food but we don't need to finance the food yeah you know what we we need lights but we don't need to pay for our, you know our lights with electricity um yeah. on our credit card but we all need a home and yeah. i do believe that home ownership especially within the black community is important yeah so let's get it no that's real i i think i think for me uh, obviously, the homes, like you said, it just it, most people are not going to be able to save three hundred thousand dollars. Absolutely, a, it's a typical sense. I'm with you on that part. And so, for the business, uh, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. I don't want to get too lost in the weeds because I'm I'm not there financially to be able to understand all the tax ho- loopholes and all that stuff. But yeah. but I, I love your perspective because I think that if you're if you're I don't know I'm trusting you. Yeah. So if you're saying that you can buy homes without any credit. To me, the way you're thinking of it is 
only thing can happen is something bad mm-hmm. if you had a card. So I, I, I love that piece of advice. And so this is for begin. So we beginners, we already talked about them. So what would you say is the secret to building wealth if you're that guy making fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year. So this is like more level two guys on the way to, on the way to level two, making fifty thousand dollars a year to trying to make a, um, more than a hundred. What would you say is one of the most important things he has to do in order to build wealth? I mean, break down what is a hundred thousand dollars to you. And that's eight thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars um, a month, right? Yeah. That's about a hundred something dollars a day, if if my math is correct. Um, I want to do. I want to get a calculator, but it's it's not hard to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? And so, I think with men, one is a vision, two live below your means, three create margin. What do you mean by create margin? Margin is live below your means. So okay. let's say for an example, you I see make. What you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like let's say for an example, you got to have a clear vision. What do you want to do? All right, I'm gonna work at eight to five, and then when I get off at eight to five, I'm gonna go work my vision. I'm gonna go start a business on the side, or I'm gonna start a side hustle, or my goal is long term to launch my own business. I think every man has to have a clear vision for what they want to do and how they're going to get there. And then surround yourself with people like yourself, listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. getting these steps on how to become a man. What should I do as soon as I graduate high school? Because where there is no vision, that's where people perish. Yeah. So if you don't have the vision, God can't give you the provision to make happen what you want to do. You'll never make wealth. Do you really believe it's not hard to make $100,000 a year? I do not believe it. What's the math on that? Can you do that for me real quick? I know it's 8,000. It's 833333, yeah. Right, then what's that daily? Use your uh, eight thousand three hundred. Yeah, you got your calculator. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it on my calculator right here on the show. I need a calculator. Yeah, yeah, eight thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars. Divide that and say on the average day. Yeah, so it's two hundred and seventy-seven dollars a month, right? I mean, a day of what you need. Yeah. So if you're working an eight to five job, you should be making no less than eighty to one hundred dollars a day. Okay. Right. Uh, Eighty to one hundred dollars a day. What's that? That's the five hundred dollars a week. Two thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means you need to come up with another $177 in that day. Okay. Cool. Go cut grass. Cool. Go wash the car. Cool. Go, go and do something on the side. Go drive for Uber. Yeah. Go, go deliver some pizza. Um, go Get online and maybe flip shoes or sell something. It, the problem that I think men come up with is I can't do it. Well, to me, respectfully, when I hear someone say, I can't do it, I hear a lazy person. Yeah. No, this is good. This is really good. And, and I, I thought about this where I said level one, which is the $50,000 a year yeah. I, I considered, that to me is all about discipline. Absolutely. If you can be disciplined from 18 on with this, it's possible. Absolutely. There's so we, we talked about in the last video, there's so many careers, there's so many paths you can take that $50,000 a year for a man is possible. Easy. Easily, yeah. I said now from to get from level one to level two. Level two is a hundred thousand. Is now hard work. It is now. It requires you to actually put in the time, energy, and effort yep. to work hard. And then I said level two to level three. Level three to Ooh. me was like a million. I said now that's smart work. Yes. Now, now it's like now it's yeah. not about putting in hours because no, eventually no, no. you reach a cap where yeah. you working that many hours you ain't making no million dollars. Absolutely. So now it's smart work. So let's go back to the hard work. And so you said it's one hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Two seventy-seven a day. Two seventy-seven a day. But that's every single day. Yes. That's work. That's working Sundays, Saturdays, Mondays. You know, that's okay. that's every single day with thirty days in a month, right? Okay, so two seventy-seven a day, and then we're saying, well, let's say thirty. 
30 days in the in a month so it's basically another eight thousand dollars right okay cool oh no no we're not i'm not doing this correctly so eight thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars divide that into like on an average of 30 days out of the month okay so if you're already making fifty thousand, that means you need to make another fifty thousand. Absolutely. So fifty thousand divided by twelve, that's another four thousand one hundred and sixty-six dollars a yep. month you have to make. Mm-hmm. And then you divide that by let's say there's thirty days in a month on by average. That's one thirty eight, like Anthony mm-hmm. Anthony pointed out. So <laughs> you have to do one hundred and thirty eight dollars a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew it wasn't at 230, but at 138. Yeah. And so the question needs to be, like you said, what is a plan? What's the game plan? The game plan to make that much a day. And like you said, let's do that per week to make it a little bit more easier. Yeah. Or $555 a week. That's that's two to three good solid days on Uber. Yeah. Two to three good solid days on Uber. Yeah. I mean, uh, here's my thing. When you're young, when you're single, we you don't have any major responsibilities outside of yourself. There's no reason why you cannot make another $500 a week. Okay. Not one. Okay. Cutting grass. I mean, and the thing is, like you said, you have to be willing to put in the hard work. You have to be willing to be determined to be successful. You have to be willing. And I tell this to everyone, man, if your why doesn't make you cry, then the price of commitment will make you cry. Mm. Why do you want what you want? Yeah. When you can really break down that why, another $500 a week is nothing. Yeah. Because now you're like, yo, that's what I want. I'm going to go get this $500 legally. Yeah. <laughs> say that legally legally (laughs) you know and because i what do you want i don't want a man i do not want to meet my wife and tell her no we can't do something because when i was single i was lazy yeah i don't want to meet my kids and tell my kids no we can't do that because when i was single i was lazy when i met your mama i just got my head on right and i still wasn't determined so like right now Bro, if life hit me, I can get out there and bust my butt and make another $500 to $1,000 a week if I had to. Yeah. But I'm in the phase of like what you said, I can't work hard. Yeah. I got to be smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like when I had to work hard, man, dude, finding money was nothing, especially in today's day and time, bro. You can get out on Uber. You, Bro, Amazon is hiring people right now. If you got a van, yeah. they going to pay you money to deliver for them part time. Yeah. You can make another $1,500 a week just doing that for Amazon. Yeah. Will you have to put in the long hours? Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 this is this is where it gets good because I think the vision – in my opinion, like we, we brought up, key is we got to keep the expenses low. Yes. Because what happens is, yes. Yes. and you have to have a vision past the temporary hustle. Absolutely. Because I know a lot of people who are hustling right now because the reality is if you do want to get married and have kids, you working 80 hours a week may not be in your best health-wise interest. Yes. Which is why I love that. Anthony brought up is that if you're a young guy, able-bodied young man, 80-hour weeks are great. But if you're 50 years old, we don't want to be working 80 no. hours manual labor or no. moving packages. So no. this is something where it's a, a temporary thing yep. to where you got to eventually have that long-term mindset to, okay, now what else yeah. can I be able to do? Because one of my things was that I said, you have to master a form of investment. That's so good. That was my thing. Because I said, eventually, when you start working, you can work harder for money mm-hmm. right now or you can work smarter for money and get it later. Yes. So if you're able to, you know, maybe learn a little bit about real estate, learn a little bit about stocks. I'm not, I'm not sure how you feel about crypto. Oh, you know, but yeah, learn a little bit about crypto. Learn about angel investment, opening franchises. Yeah. If you're able to learn, you, like if you told about, you're able to have cash. 
Now you're able to now, instead of you having to work maybe a, a Uber job, you can be able to open a subway and now that money brings you another $500. Man, you talking. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you talking my language, doc. Because here's the thing, man. We um, When I was on the Ramsey team, man, they did a study of all the everyday average millionaires, right? Yeah. These are people who were like school teachers, uh, um, uh, nurses. Um, was it, wasn't it Chris Hogan's book? Yeah, that was Chris Hogan, when he was on the team, he yeah. did that, man. And and what he realized was these were school teachers making anywhere from like $35,000 to $50,000 a year, but they have a net worth of a million dollars. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they were living below their means yeah. and they were investing. Yeah. You know, they were maxing out their 401ks. They were maxing out their Roth IRAs. And I think that's something that most young people do not understand the importance of. If I can go back to my 18-year-old self when I was making all that money yeah. and I was getting a check and I wasn't giving the 401k or Roth IRA or no nothing mm -hmm. because I was trying to look good for the people, bro, I have a million dollars right now just sitting in my investments yeah. because it's like, yo, I was investing at 18. The power of compound interest is not about the, how much money we make. It's about time. Yeah. And so if I could go back to the younger people and young people listening to me right now who are 22, 20 years old, even in the thirties, man, invest what you can. You want to build wealth? Follow what he's teaching. Um, you know, my brother, um, I wasn't a huge fan of cryptocurrency. My philosophy when it comes to crypto, right, is get out of debt, have a fully funded emergency fund, make sure that you're investing into your 401ks and your Roth IRAs. And so in any leisure money, instead of you going to, you know, buy a Gucci bag, you yeah. want to put that inside some crypto, yeah. go do it. I honestly just did that uh, just the other week because my brother's he's huge into crypto, yeah, has yeah thousands of into crypto and I purchased some crypto and I have, I do see the money. I do see it going up and I'm smiling yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, if that goes to waste, I've maxed out yeah. the, the, the retirement plan. Uh, that is the foundation of it. Yeah. So utilize all that stuff, man. I'd rather put money in the crypto than put it in a Gucci bag yeah. or, or something like that. Uh, but I do believe that the key to building wealth, man, is living below your means. Um, investing as early as you possibly can. And yeah. let me tell you a little secret a lot of people don't know. Once you do the 401k, right? Uh, and when it comes to the 401k, you do it in this order. Uh, you do, look for a match, then you do a Roth 401k, then you do a traditional, okay? And then you go to your Roth IRAs if you're making less than like 110 as a single person. Then the third thing is max out your HSAs mm. because you can invest that money as well. For, the, for those who don't know what HSA means? So HSA is like your high deductible savings account and it, not savings account, high deductible insurance, right? Yeah. And so what, what it would do is, is a health savings account, that's yeah. the name of the HSA, but it's attached to your high deductible medical uh, depending on what your job offers. And so when I was working with Ramsey, what I would do is I would max that out every year. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, I, I would flip it and invest it. Mm. So that way I'm getting the compound interest over there. But what I love about the health savings account is now when I have dental issues, now when I have medical issues, I need to pay for some bills. Yeah, I didn't pay any taxes on that. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, yo, so let me pay for my, and I have my bad teeth running my family, bro. Mm -hmm. I got two missing in the back right now. And so as soon as the bone is back in there, I'm going to pull from a health savings account yeah. and I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. And taxes, mm. I saved on taxes. Yeah. Now that I'm on, on my own, I yeah. won't have that capability of doing that anymore. But when I was there, I took advantage of those three things. Yeah. Now there's this, um, my, um, one of my friends who's a, 
a YouTuber as well. He showed me that there's like a health savings account for like entrepreneur business type. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you that link because we're, we're, we're about to get on that and it's going to help us a lot. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, I literally just started this journey. Man, yeah, so I yeah, need yeah. All the info. yeah. 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 Definitely, man. Now, this is this is all great stuff, man. I, I'm excited about bringing you. I was so excited about bringing you on because, you know, there's man. I think there's just so much wisdom into conversations with like-minded men. Mm-hmm. And I and, I, and and what hurts me the most for a lot of guys is that this is the only time they get these conversations. Yeah. And which is why I love, and initially when I was asking you, one of your pitches were networking. Yeah, yeah. It's so important that you as a man, you're going out, you're meeting people, you're networking. So my question to you, if you're, let's say you're moving to a new city, mm-hmm. what are some steps a, a man can do to be able to network with like-minded or, or high-achieving individuals? Man, I look up, um, you know, the Chamber of Commerce in every city I go into. Um, I go out there and try and figure out, okay, who's 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 the who. Um, and then what I is honestly, the Chamber, for those who don't know? So the Chamber of Commerce is like where you can just get together and, and meet people in the city who are like active in the city, yeah. you know, who are maybe in the politics of the city, who are maybe influential in the city. Um, I just go out there and I register. Every city has that for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, and then too, honestly, believe it or not, man, I look for like lounges and clubs Yeah, yeah, yeah. because, you know, you have like your Black Fridays where, um, you know, you have your top 100 or just a lot of black, young, successful entrepreneurs get together yeah. on the first Friday of every month. Yeah. Um, so I look, I'll jump on the Facebook events page and I'll just look for, okay, what, what, what events are happening? What, what aligns with me? Mm-hmm. And I'll just go out there and I network, man. And, yeah. I, and when I get there, yeah. I talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I talk and, and I go out there with the motive of, I'm not looking for a beautiful woman because yeah. you're going to meet some beautiful yeah, ladies yeah, out yeah, there. Because I know I'm new to the city. Like, I'm, I'm honestly about to move uh, to the city of Charlotte here soon. And so I'm already looking up, okay, who's who in the city? Um, who do I need to know? Um, I want to meet the mayor. I mean, every city I go into, I purposely try to meet the mayor. I purposely try to meet the superintendent. Um, I, ter- I purposely try to uh, meet, uh, like, your school boards, your city councilmen. I like to build relationships. And then from there, I tend to branch off mm-hmm. and t- tend to network. And so that's one of the main reasons why I won't go to Atlanta because it's just – it's just so many people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, you'll yeah. be networking for 10 years <laughs> out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't be able to meet everyone, but yeah. um, you have to step outside. You can't do it from your house. It's 100% you, real. You can't do it. And then, shoot, look, I'm looking at the people who's on your podcast. All right, where are they from? They're from Charlotte. Cool, great. Let me hit them up. Hey, man, I, I use the DMs yeah. uh, for, for good reasons. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Blue check helps. Hey. <laughs> it does help, you know, and I use it, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I do use it, but I mean, you're right, man. Yeah. I think when it comes down to whatever your goals and dreams are, yeah. focus on your network, focus on your net worth, focus on your mindset with a, with a good, solid spiritual foundation. You have those four things. You can be successful. I love it. So last thing I want to talk to you too about as we wrap up today's conversation is, is a conversation I hear a lot from successful black men who are dating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I know, especially if they, if you're in a public eye, it's another additional form of challenges. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm curious to what has been your experiences like dating as a successful black man in, in the States? You know what, bro? To keep it real with you on your show, it, it's been hard, but it's been hard because of me. Okay. You Why do you say that? Um, my mom said something to me a while ago. I just recently 
uh, I'll say first part of this year, stopped dating someone absolutely amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, my mom said, you know what, son? I'm not saying every woman is perfect, but you are the common denominator in every relationship. Mm. And that hit hard. And I literally had to go back and see my therapist and really break down what were some things that, that I'm doing wrong in a relationship. Not that I'm this horrible guy, but there were some things and there are some things mm -hmm. inside of me that when I became successful, you know, were, were unhealthy, mm. um, that I needed to be mature and confess. And so for me, man, uh, being in the spotlight, being a public figure, being successful, I, I would definitely say that sometimes success brings a sense of arrogance. Mm. Um, and I had to be humbled. And I think I've, I've dated some amazing ladies. And while I do believe some of them were not for me, <laughs> um, I do believe that I missed out on some great opportunities in the past because I was not in a healthy space um, uh, mature-wise. So do you feel as though you were entitled? Do you feel as though you were demanding? Do you feel as though I was you selfish? Selfish? Okay, and how so? I was selfish with my time. Mm -hmm. I dealt with you when I wanted to deal with you. Mm -hmm. I called you when I wanted to call you. Um, I did what I wanted to do, not what you wanted to do. Yeah, and that was wrong, man. Yeah, you know. And I think you know, ladies, they they value time. Yeah, you know, they value, you know, feeling like you that they are important to you. Mm -hmm. And here's the truth: they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just that during that season of my life, man, I was on the road a lot. Yeah. I was um, I was doing a lot of, of traveling and talking to people for a living. So when I came home, I didn't want to talk to no one else. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so that's on my side. On another side is it's hard to find ladies who are willing. Um, I, I tend to date older. And so like when I, when I tend to date older, they don't want any more kids. Mm. Um, and then when I date younger, what I tend to find is they want to settle down, but they're not really ready to settle down now because they, they're just now starting their careers mm. and they love what they're doing. Yeah. And so I, I can totally respect that. So do you use, do you find that you usually attract and meet women who are career minded, like driven, Absolutely. ambitious? Absolutely. And, and it's so funny because Man, I, this, this conversation has so many layers, too, because I, I talk to a lot of successful guys, and you always know because they, all, they all have the same story. Yeah. And one of the things was you have, like, two stories, right? They either date older. Yeah. Because the older women ha are into their career, but now are at the stage where they're like, family's important. I want to slow things down. Right. They kind of already been through the Wall Street journey, and so now they're, like, ready to settle down. But... When it comes to children, yeah. that's a whole different issue. Yeah. But then when you want to date younger, Ooh. a lot of the younger girls, like you said, they're not into they're not into their careers yet. They're, no. and, they're, and so no. to them, it's work, 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 nine to five, then five to ten with my side hustle, then ten to two with this. And so and then the weekends, <laughs> let's go party. Let, yeah. Let's go turn up. Yeah. And that's just not me. Yeah. And so now I found it interesting that you that you share that because. It's fat, it's really interesting that so many guys, especially the successful guys, especially when you're a believer, it's it's really hard to find the looks, yeah, the love for God, 
and the business sense. <laughs> and, and, and and the bad body. I just want to be honest. Yeah, that's part of the <laughs> I just want to be that's specific a, that's to why, the, that's for the, the brothers. That's like, why she the, got to have a bad body. That's part, bro. Of the look, that's part of the looks. <laughs> and, and, and so I meet so many guys, and that's, and that's the hard part because you either going to go looks, yep. work, not that into God. Absolutely. Or you're going to go into God. Doesn't look as good. Yes. Must, you, must be hardworking. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. always like. You can't find them. You can't find them all. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm like this. We can, but we just, it's just going to be a while. Yes. You know, it's just going to be a while. Yes. Man. And I have found, I've dated um, some amazing ladies that had all of that. Yeah. But I messed it up. And I think that's important for us men to understand that sometimes it wasn't their fault why the relationship didn't work. It was ours. Mm. And and I had I had to be honest, um, you know, with, with that. Yeah. No, I love that because I think radical accountability leads to radical transformation. Absolutely. And when you don't know what you're doing wrong, you're doomed to make the same mistakes over and over again. Hey, man, y'all need to be listening to this dude. <laughs> he need to drop a podcast like every day. I'm serious, man. I mean, because yeah. it's for a while, I, I would blame. I would always blame them. Mm. I would always blame her, and I would never sit back and say, you know, what did I do? Yeah. Until my mom said. You're the common denominator. Yeah. And I was like, shoot. What was the biggest change you made that you feel like it's, it's going to really help you in your future relationships? I'm not selfish anymore, bro. Okay. So it was like literally because my mom said that. When she said that, I said, all right, break it down. She told me you're selfish. Yeah. Like I, she said, even when you come home, you don't want to chill with us. Mm. So now, bro, I, I, and I, before we started the podcast, what did I tell you? I was like, yo, I'm moving back to Charlotte, North Carolina so I can be near my family. Mm. Because I, 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 I value family. I value time with them. Uh, because my first choice was to come into Texas. And I was like, but there's no one here. Then I'm not going to see my family. Then I'm going to be back into, I'm going to do what I want to do for me. Yeah. And, and, and so now what I'm trying to do is be a good steward of my single season and start practicing and walking like I am a husband walking like I am a father by just doing the simple things when I am single. So when I am grateful, uh, when I do have the opportunity to meet my, my wife, I've already practiced that. Now I won't be perfect yeah, because I'm gonna have to work and adapt for her. But right now, man, I, like I said, I just spent the whole week with my family out in South Carolina. That's awesome. It was hard yeah, 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 because yeah. it's like, I, I recharge yeah. solo. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I, because I have to be on, you know, we do shows, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we're inspiring people. So I recharge, you know, when, when I'm by myself, mm -hmm. I love being by myself, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but I've also learned that being by yourself, mm. I mean, clearly it wasn't, it wasn't within God's intent for us to be by ourselves. I love it. Love it and that's when I make some of the dumb decisions when I'm by myself. We all do, you know, the isolation <laughs> is the devil's plaything. Don't they is, always man. say that? They it always is, say bro. that? It man. is. Anthony, yo, man, it's been such an honor and privilege, no, dude, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you, bro. This is this was a good combo. It definitely was, man. Where can people find you at? Man, they can go to anthonyoneal.com um, or they can go to YouTube, type in, um, uh, you know, the table with Anthony O'Neill. I'm definitely going to have him on the podcast, so y'all check that out because uh, he's going to come on there and challenge me about the credit card. <laughs> and so we, we'll roll with that too. Yeah, I love yeah, it, man. Yeah. I love hearing everyone's perspectives and thoughts on it. Um, but really, man, they can go to anthonyoneill.com. I have a good, you know, uh, some good resources on there uh, that really helped them build their wealth, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Guys, you know how we get down here at the Roommates. Go be sure to follow Anthony on Instagram, subscribe to his YouTube channel, show him some love, send him a message. Let him know what about this episode stood out, impacted your life. I know I was impacted. Anthony, thank you so much. My name is Hafiz, and I'm joined by Anthony O'Neill. We had a roommates, and have a great day. Peace.